Support DDS brings you the virtual team solution to support your office and increase your efficiency. Tasks such as insurance verification, phone support, administrative tasks, anything that is repetitive that bogs down your team, Support DDS can do that. Your front office can focus on patient experience and bring the personal touch you want to project. The nifty deal is $200 off your monthly service. To get this deal, you have to go to supportdds.com and mention Nifty Thrifty. Hey, what's up everyone? It's Dr. Glenn Vo, and this is a special edition of the Nifty Thrifty Dentist Podcast. It's called the Nifty Deals. This is where we spotlight a particular deal that we negotiated for you, the dental professional. So sit back, relax, listen to the, all the awesome info, and get ready to get hooked up with the Nifty Deal. Hey, what's up everyone? It's Dr. Glenn Vo, and thank you so much for tuning in because Today, this morning, I have a very special guest, David Harris. He is the dentist embezzlement expert himself. David, thank you so much for jumping on today. Hey, it's great to be here. And, and you know, your company is called called Prospera Dent. Yes. And you know, you're you're like the resident expert when it comes to embezzlement. Just a one of those one of those words that we don't want to say and we don't want to think about. It's almost like it's it's probably as bad as PPO, probably worse than PPO sometimes. But, you know, David, let's start with this. For those who, and I've been following you and I've been like using your resources and I'm always learning something. But for those who do not know what you do, right? And I've already kind of spilled the beans in the beginning. But for those who don't know who you are and what you do, David, just really briefly talk about what you and your company do for the dental industry. Absolutely, Glenn. We do two things. Um, we investigate when a dentist thinks that somebody is stealing from him or her. So typically it's a staff member, but it could be, um, it could be somebody like a bookkeeper, you know, an external bookkeeper or accountant, or what happens probably more than people want to think about is you have several doctors in a group practice and one of them is, is getting paid more than they should. And coincidentally, it's typically the one who handles the finances. Yeah, I mean, it's just uh, some of the some of the case studies that you have um, that you have posted have been like jaw dropping and eye opening. But for those who are watching right now, if you have any questions, there's two ways you can do this. You can post it in the comments and I'll read it to David or you can message to me if you if you actually have if you're in like a situation and you're like, okay, I don't want people to know what's going on. You can message to me. I have my other screen up and I'll field those questions to David. But man, we're gonna we're gonna dive right into this, David. Let's 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 shock some people because you've shocked me when I've watched some of your webinars. Let's just shock some people. Let's let's throw out talk about some of the some of the case studies that you've presented in the in the in the past, and and, and let's just go over. Let's let's start with the ones that that to this day still have you dropping your draw what a jaw when you talk about it let's talk about that let's talk about some some cases there so um, and you know cases can be noteworthy here for a lot of reasons 
Um, of course, the big one is dollars. Yeah. The biggest embezzlement I've ever seen in a dental practice was about $2 million. $2 million. Yeah. We have, a, we have part of our website called the Hall of Shame. And I, I, I think you've, uh, you, you've spent a little bit of time there. Um, this is part where we profile embezzlers. And we have about 680 of them profiled. And um, we, we have this part of our Hall of Shame we call the Million Dollar Club. So that's people who have gotten more than a million dollars from their practice. And there are about seven of them. And wow. then we have the half million dollar club, which isn't quite as exclusive, but has <laughs> has 20 plus of its members. Um, wow. You know, the average amount that a thief steals to the point where they get caught from a dentist is about $100,000. That's wow. the average. Wow. And and let's talk about that. Let's talk about the hall of shame, right? That $2 million. I mean, I'm just, I'm just wrapping, I'm just wrapping that around, uh, wrapping my mind around it, but Let's talk about that particular case. Was it uh, was it the office manager? Was it the financial coordinator? Uh, wh- whatever you can can share. Talk about that and how did they end up embezzling two million dollars? Um, well, first of all, it it doesn't happen in a weekend. You know that that happens over a protracted period of time. So the 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 typical large dollar thief is somebody who's already been with the practice for a long time before they start stealing. And um, normally the office manager, um, you know, this person enjoys the doctor's trust. The, the, the doctor involved tends to be somebody who's very clinically focused and um, very hands off in terms of the, the money part of the practice. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that, that's a, a, a recurring factor in most big thefts. Um, a, a lot of the people who get hit by big dollars are, are really high achieving dentists. You know, they're, they're, they're multi-skilled people who, uh, you know, do a lot of full mouth reconstruction and implants and stuff like that. And if, you know, if you're practicing at that level, it's pretty all consuming and you need to spend a lot of energy on, you know, building and then maintaining your knowledge base and kind of complex interactions with patients, because obviously the way you the way you talk to a patient who's contemplating spending $80,000 on a full mouth job is a little bit different than, than the conversation you have in the operatory with somebody who, who might need a crown. Right. Uh, so they, they, they tend to be clinical high achievers and what they give up typically to get there is some, some level of oversight on the practice finances. Yeah, because they're probably delegating. They're focusing on what they're really good at and they're delegating and they're trusting some team members and they're like, okay, I'm going to let them handle it. And I'm just going to, I'm just focused on producing a lot. And also, I guess with those type of practices, they're producing so much, they're bringing so much money in that when you bring in that much money in, it's kind of easy to kind of tuck a few things here and there, right, David? It's a lot harder to steal from a struggling dentist than it is from one who's who's financially comfortable. And, you know, if if your audience thinks back to when they started practice right out of school, yeah, uh, you know, and they had big student debt and 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 you know, they were probably at that point watching their pennies pretty carefully. You know, five or ten years later, people have have, you know, gotten some distance from the wolves that were chasing them before and they're <laughs> a little more relaxed financially. And that, that's kind of the point where you can be a little more vulnerable. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, guys, for those who are tuning in just now, I see a bunch of people jumping on. If you have any questions for David, type it in the comments section. Uh, I'll uh, post it for David. And then also message me privately. If, you, if you're if you going through something or maybe you just don't want anyone to know what your question, who's asking the question, message it to me. I'll post it on there. But David is, is the expert on embezzlement and dentistry. And I will tell you this, the man is very busy, unfortunately, right? Like, because again, that means that there's a lot of stuff going on. But what that means is, is that this happens a lot more often uh, than, 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 than you realize. And, and David, let me ask you this, just a general question. With your clients that you've worked with, are most of them, what percentage of them are actually genuinely surprised? That, um, that like this is going on or do most people kind of when they come reach out to you, they kind of have a suspicion. Yeah. The, 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 the problem tends to be people not acting on what their gut tells them they should yeah. more so than people overreacting. So, so most, you know, a, a lot of dentists, you know, they get that as sort of initial uh, moment of worry and they just kind of push it to the side somewhere. Yeah. And, and, you know, sort of turn off that little voice that's speaking with them. And so, you know, I, I would say most of, most of the victims we work with aren't surprised. The people who are surprised are the ones who kind of catch somebody red handed, which plan most times happens by accident. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You know, most uh, other than what we find, most embezzlement is found by some kind of chance occurrence. And I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, Fairly early in my career, I was working it with a with a, a, a two periodontist practice, and they had an office manager who had never missed a day in anybody's memory. And then one day, she broke her leg skiing. And Monday morning, for the first time in anybody's memory, she was not in the practice. And around eleven o'clock in the morning, one of the receptionists. Uh, came into the senior doctor's operatory, pulled him out of the operatory and said, I've gotten three of these very weird phone calls this morning and I just don't know what to make of it. And, you know, he, she, she told the doctor what the, what the phone calls were about. And they were all about people whose, um, whose payments were wrong. You know, they, they'd gotten a statement and what they got was not what they had paid. And uh, you know, when she got the third call, she she went in and saw the doctor and he listened to her for a few minutes and then he called me. And wow. the whole thing unraveled from there. It was about $600,000. Really? Um, but it all came to light because, you know, if, if the office manager had been there that Monday morning, like she was every other Monday morning, when those patients called about their accounts, they would get put through to her. And she would just give them whatever reassurance they needed to know that, you know, this was just a little goof, but, you know, your balance is right. And, and, and that's all you need to know. Wow. And it was that freak occurrence of, of breaking her leg. Wow. That meant she wasn't in the office. That meant that the whole thing unraveled. Well, what, uh, I mean, luck, lucky for the doctor, because honestly, if that didn't happen, how much longer and how long, in this particular case, how long had she been embezzling for? Well, she'd been there for about 20 years and had been embezzling for probably the last four. Wow. And you're absolutely right. You know, this this could have gone on. I mean, it could have gone on. I mean, she was there for 20 years. I mean, she could it could have gone on for Ten who more. knows how long, right? That's right. 
Wow. You know, because the, the systems that dentists think will catch this, you know, and when, when I ask dentists, like, you know, what's, what's your front line of defense against embezzlement? Their answer typically is, well, my CPA, of course. Yeah. And CPAs almost never find embezzlement in dental practices for a whole bunch of reasons. One yeah. is they don't have that mandate. Um, they also don't have the training or the expertise that they would need. And um, typically in the way that, that practices do their accounting, um, the CPAs can do their work from your bank accounts and they don't really even need to look at your practice management software. So outrageous stuff can be happening in your software and it's just not visible to your accountants. Well, David, I, I think you just hit a nerve because now I just had a whole influx of questions here. Okay. So can we tuned in who are suddenly mad? But, you know. <laughs> can we uh, can we take some questions right now? I'd love to. OK, so uh, let me uh, first of all, uh, you do have uh, a fan in the audience. Oh, uh, wow. Bravo, David. Thanks for the good work you're doing. And yes, uh, I am so happy to have David on and, and guys. Uh, if you like what you're hearing, type in the comments section, David, show him some love, show us some love there. But let's get that question there. And it's a long one, so so bear with me. I'll read it to you. Is it a red flag when a new front office person comes in, claims that she and her husband have plenty of money, and she just does this job because of she's passionate about dentistry? Her clothing, uh, her, the, the way she dresses does not look like... Um, she had a plenty of money either. So she, it, she doesn't fit that bill there, but uh, is that a red flag? This owner's wondering that they're just doing this because they just love doing it. And, and uh, it's not all about the money. That's a great question. And, you know, the, the problem here is this statement could be absolutely true or it could be designed to make the dentist relax and think that, you know, this is this is somebody who's unlikely to make a grab for the doctor's wallet. Yeah. Um, the the thing about um, assessing your risk for embezzlement or or dealing with somebody like this person in the practice is that you you have to kind of take a more holistic look, and we can't just overreact to one one phenomenon. In other words, if this same person also refuses to take vacation and is really possessive about her duties in her workspace and doesn't want to cross train anybody else to do her job. You know, if we, if we start seeing three or four risk factors, then I get concerned. Um, what I always tell people, and I, I mentioned vacation, you know, one, one symptom, and you could, you could see the, you, you can guess with the periodontal office that I talked about um, that the office manager never took vacation either. So that, that, that's a very clear red flag, but let me tell you a story. My dad's an attorney. He's 87 years old right now. And he practiced till he was 85. In the last seven or eight years that he practiced law, he never took a vacation. I'm pretty sure he wasn't embezzling from his law firm. <laughs> the real answer was my, my mom, who has since passed away, was, was not in great health and couldn't travel. So in my dad's mind, if I take time off, I, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm stuck at home 24-7. Yeah. And he he and my mom kind of built their marriage around limiting the amount of time that they spent together. And he wasn't just going to he just wasn't going to push the envelope. So I, I'll you know, I'll agree with the person who asked the question that potentially it's a red flag, but it would be better to look a little more broadly 
at behavior and see if there are other factors because uh, you know it's quite possible to overreact to one thing. Um, and 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 that person, Glenn, is is more than welcome to reach out to me. Yeah. After this, and you know, I'll, I'll I'll kind of have a conversation with him or her about what they're seeing and help them put it into context. Well, we have another question here, and actually, for for this doc, uh, I'm just going to apologize ahead of time. Um, I, I know some of you guys have some questions ahead, but this one kind of ties in. So if it ties into something, uh, I'm going to just ask it next. I will get to your questions, I promise. And I'm getting a whole bunch of messages right now. But this question is kind of very similar. Uh, what if a team member is all of a sudden comes in with a lot of extra money all of a sudden, right? Like they they they're, they're, they didn't win the lottery, but all of a sudden they're doing really good um, just out of the blue. Is that a red flag? I'll give exactly the same answer. It could be. Um, But at the same time, there are all kinds of legitimate reasons why that could happen. I mean, maybe their aunt died and, you know, left them some money. Mm -hmm. Um, And that could be a sticky situation when you kind of maybe accuse someone without any basis or maybe uh, then then you're going in. Then then I'll have to bring someone from Cedar Solutions to talk about HR. Okay, when you're doing that, I'm going to say that's you're suddenly in Paul Edwards turf. But (laughs) exactly. But again, that that does sometimes it it, you wonder, right? Like all of a sudden they got a new car and they they're moving to new how they're doing all this. I mean, I can see where people can be concerned about. And again, what what? You know what would what would your would your advice be in that situation when it's like now you're now you're wondering? My my advice would be exactly the same. We need to look at this person a little more broadly and see what other behavioral markers for embezzlement they're exhibiting. We actually have um, a questionnaire that we sell on our website. It's it's not very expensive. It's called the embezzlement risk assessment questionnaire, and what it does is it asks people about forty questions. So you know it's a it's it's a little broader than simply picking out one factor and saying, well, that's a risk factor for, for embezzlement. So, you know, it's a, it's a scored questionnaire, which means that, you know, we can kind of compare how you do with how your peers do. And that gives us a pretty good idea of what level of risk you face. So we all, I got a comment in the the comments section, and this is going to lead into the next question I got from uh, a message. And that is, uh, wait, hold on. That we we already we already got that one. Where that's okay. That? I love that one. I'll watch that one. <laughs> here, okay, here it is. Uh, so never think this could happen to you. Set systems to be preventative. That that what you recommend. So uh, this that this ties into the question I got here privately, and that is, well, what are some of the things that I can do? What are the what can I do to make sure that I'm not getting robbed blind by the people I tr- that I trust in my practice? Um, yeah, that's a, both great questions. Let's talk about what you can do. And I, I, I'm going to give your audience maybe a little bit of bad news. There's no prevention here. I mean, thieves are infinitely creative. They, they know the doctor they work for very well. They know what you look at and what you don't look at. And they will build an embezzlement system that navigates around your scrutiny. So you know, when, when doctors ask me, well, how do I absolutely positively make sure I don't get embezzled? My answer is really simple. Put your handpiece down, walk out the front door, lock it, and don't come back. <laughs> um, you know, but that seems a little extreme. And, and You still got to worry about your kids taking some money out of your wallet. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm familiar with that concept. Um, <laughs> but let's talk about what you can do. 
And the first thing's really basic. Here, here's how thieves think. There are two kinds of dentists out there. There are those who know how much money should be going into the bank today. And there are those who don't know that. If you are in the second category, which really means that you don't review the reports that your practice management software creates, then if, if I'm working for you and I want to steal, you've made it incredibly easy for me because all I have to do is divert some of the deposit. In other words, if the amount of money that really should be going into your bank account today is $10,200, but either I'm making the deposit or you're making it, but you don't know how much it's supposed to be. And if I can give you $9,600 and you, you walk with that to the bank, that's exactly what I'm going to do. And it's uncomplicated. And you know what? The dumbest thief on the planet can pull that one off. Yeah. So the first thing is, uh, and, and, you know, I know exactly what your audience is saying. You know, I didn't go to den dental school to be an accountant. Well, <laughs> um, you know, you're right, but th this isn't going away. The yeah. first thing that every dentist needs to do every day is look at reports from their practice management software. And I'm going to take it one step further. If you allow a staff member to print those reports and hand them to you, you really don't have any control over the parameters of the reports. And that makes it easy for me to hide stuff. So you have to look at the reports. You also have to print them yourself. So let's start there. Now, if you're, if you're doing that part, if you're checking how much money goes in the bank versus how much Entrix or Eaglesoft or whatever you're using says should go in the bank, um, automatically you've ruled out the, the, the dumbest quartile of thieves. And you've made the act of stealing a lot more complicated because now what somebody needs to do is they need to teach your practice management software how to lie. Yeah. And that certainly can be done. I'm not going to get into specifics here because um, we don't want to give we don't want to give some. Yeah, you know, there's probably an embezzler in the audience somewhere <laughs> looking for nuggets here, and I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be the one to feed them. Yeah. But, um, you know, the trick is then to teach the software to misrepresent how much money came in. Uh, which is a lot more demanding and ultimately gives a lot more chance of being caught. So, you know, that's, that's the first thing I'll say. Yeah. And, you know, just listening to what you're talking about, it's just like, if you want to secure your home, right, you, you make it, you make it harder for someone to break in. Maybe you, you, you have an alarm system. Maybe you have a, a, a little uh, like stand in the front that says it's protected by someone. So yeah, especially in Texas, Glenn, where you live is the national rifle association. Life <laughs> number sticker and put that on the front door. Yeah, You can do that. I mean, you, you can have a dog, you can do all those things. And, but at the end of the day, if someone wants to break into your house, they're going to do it. You can make it harder, but they're going to do it. And it sounds, and it sounds very similar to what you're saying here. It's like, you can make it harder, but yeah. again, people can, um, you know, people are smart and people can figure out ways. And it's just, you're, what you're saying is, it's just, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you got to trust your gut feeling. And then you also need to know the resources, like, like your company that can help out here. And I got uh, Dr. Chris Phelps here. Oh, uh, Dr. Chris Phelps, uh, giving you a shout out here. Having personally used David's service in my practice, I can't say enough good things about them. Highly recommend them. And uh, Dr. Phelps, that's the reason why David's on. And thank you so much for the shout out. And guys, if you're 
for those who are watching, if you like what you're hearing, type in the comment section, David there. But uh, yeah, Dr. Phillips has used you. Yeah. Thank, thank you, Chris. And if your audience members don't know Chris or don't know who he is, they really should. Oh, yeah. Um, he's He's got um, a, a lot of... Um, um, interesting ideas about dentistry, and he he really has uh, ha- has the ability to help people with 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 some some marketing type issues. So, um, so David, I want to let's talk about the the awkward situation, right? So, uh, obviously, for those who are listening right now, they're probably thinking, okay, well, you know, it might be worth it just to have David just kind of do a once over and just see who knows, right? Who knows, right? How does that process actually work? Like, I mean, you don't, obviously, I'm assuming you don't tell your team that there's someone, a third party coming in. Do you keep it quiet or, yeah. and, and who's supposed to know? Is it just the practice owner? And, 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 and here's another awkward one. Do you let the spouse know if your spouse is working there too? Um, Lots of awkwardness there. I'll, 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 tack, I'll take the second one first. Okay. Um, when we we do see some cases of spouses stealing from doctors, usually Glenn, it's an antecedent to divorce. So uh, she's that, about to leave awkward. you, and she just hasn't told you that yet. And her attorney or somebody has said, you know, you need to put some money under the mattress because when you when you tell your your husband Dennis that you're divorcing him, he'll take you off the payroll, and you got to buy groceries. Um, so we do see spousal embezzlement. Um, you know, certainly if your spouse is among the suspects, then, uh, you don't want to tell him or her that, that we're involved. But to answer your first question, our, our methodology, which, which we've worked out over a lot of years is designed to make it so that nobody but the doctor knows that we're involved. So, um, we, first of all, we don't do this on site because, you know, I just could not stick one of my geeky accountant uh, looking investigators in your practice for four days and sustain the argument that they're there to fix the compressor. <laughs> um, we, we also don't repeatedly connect into your practice management software remotely because there's a good chance somebody will, will notice that. What we do actually is we get a copy of the data files in your software. And then my IT guys who are tremendously talented build what we call a forensic duplicate, the, the, the dental comparable really would be a study model. Mm-hmm. We build a forensic duplicate of your software. So if you're using, let's say, Open Dental, we copy your data files in our computer lab. We, we build a copy of Open Dental with your data. And then all of our investigation is done using the clone instead of the live stuff. Wow. So it's, it's fairly high tech. And what it does is it, it first of all, it keeps that firewall between us and your staff. And secondly, it allows us the luxury of working with static data. Um, in other words, as an investigator, if I'm looking at something on a Tuesday and I put it down and I pick it back up on Thursday, I want everything to be exactly where I left it, which I will have with the clone copy that we make because it's not, you know, there's nothing being posted to it. Um, but I would never have that in your live software. So we start there and then we, we, look for a series of patterns. And, and in most software, the, the, our hot list is about 25 patterns. And these are the things that thieves use over and over. And the, the other thing I'll mention is that almost every thief I've ever met uses multiple ways to steal concurrently. In other words, we see very few one-trick ponies. Wow. So 
um, you know, when we're when we're looking at detection and when we're paying attention to detection percentage, that helps us tremendously. How long does the, you know, for someone who uh, is working with you, uh, and I know this could this could vary, right? It's just like Very. the patient coming in saying, well, how long is this procedure going to take? Well, it depends on how you are as a patient, right? But, uh, you know, and, and on average, like how long does this take? Is this is this few weeks, few months? I mean, yeah. is, I mean, obviously, if a practice owner is concerned, that could be very uh, stressful, wondering what is going on. Um, our, our, our target turnaround time is eight weeks. Okay. And the first two weeks of that typically are spent with us gathering the stuff we need in order to uh, do an investigation. And, and, and we have an onboarding team here who, whose job it is to gather that stuff. So when the file gets assigned to one of our investigators, we, we have about 15 investigators. When the file gets assigned to one of them, and you know the the basic stuff is already there, so that they're ready to go. And they, you know, kind of like when you go in to do a hygiene check, you sort of want to see the patient there and the radiography and uh, the hygienist progress notes, and and you know you you want all that stuff in place when you when you hit the operatory. Uh, so we kind of do the same thing. That takes about two weeks, and then normally one of our investigators is on the file for about six weeks. So if stealing is happening. The discovery could happen anytime really within that six week window. And we normally try to um, sort of triage. We, we, we try to assess where it's most likely to be happening and look there first. So, you know, one thing that I um, continually beat into our investigators is you need to form, you need to start the process by forming a hypothesis. And the hypothesis is really a function of access. So, if our suspect is a bookkeeper, for example, and isn't involved in the revenue side of the practice at all, but writes checks and does payroll, then those are the places you're gonna look. If our suspect is a financial coordinator who's involved in the revenue side, but you know doesn't touch payroll, doesn't touch payables, um, then logically we're looking in practice management software. So we, 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 we try to do that. You know, Discovery could happen anytime and when it does, we, uh, let the doctor know that and help them get whoever's uh, got their hand in the doctor's pocket, uh, get, get them out the door. And then we need to go back and finish our work, work and issue our final report, you know, and do all the, all the things we need to do when we see embezzlement. And, and once, once that happens, like once you've done the investigation and, and you got all the evidence and you're ready to present it, how does that work when it comes when it goes from your team into the actual authorities, if the doctor wants to escalate that, like, is there, yeah. uh, is that pretty seamless? Is that add on extra time as well? Um, in your experience, how does that work? I mean, I'm sure most people are thinking about that right now, like from your investigation, then they're like, okay, I want to escalate this to the, the actual authorities. Yeah. Well, let, let's ask a really basic question first. I mean, why use us at all? Why not just call the cops? Yeah. And the answer is because th this is such a technical crime and it is just way beyond the ability of any police department in the United States to investigate. Um, so they really need somebody who understands dentistry and practice management software and all this stuff to do the work and then tell the police what happened. And from there, they'll, um, they'll make sure that the law gets applied. So, you know, our, our role is really to do something that they can't do. So at the end, let's say we find embezzlement. You know, it's let's let's assume, Glenn, it's your practice, and we found eighty thousand dollars of embezzlement. Um, 
So now your focus is how do I get my money back or how do I get as much of it back as I can? Um, this sometimes dentists don't realize this. You all have some level of insurance for this. Um, built into your property insurance is something called employee dishonesty coverage. Normally the coverage limit is $25,000. So the first thing that happens is you're going to hand our report to your insurance company because that's the input they'll need in order to, to pay that claim for you. Your insurance company will require this to have been reported to the police. And that's a, that's a generic requirement for any loss that you're claiming on your insurance because of a crime. I mean, if your car's stolen and you want to claim on your insurance, they're going to say the same thing. We need a police report. Yeah, police report. So it goes to police first and then to your insurance company. Your insurance company typically will pay in four to six weeks, and then they're out of the picture. Uh, from there, the police may do what I can, what I call secondary investigation. In other words, they may do some things that I really don't have the power to do. Like they can, they can call a suspect in and question them. Now, yeah, um, every suspect has fifth amendment rights, so they don't have to answer any of the questions, but they, they do have to, uh, at least sit there and, and, and be asked them. Um, the other thing that a lot of dentists don't realize is that the police aren't the only entry into the justice system. So if, if our work is done the way it should be done, we actually don't need the police. And, and you can go right to the district attorney and start the process there. And that makes wow. things happen a whole lot faster. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's how it gets into the justice system. You know, the, the, the justice system uses us a lot to explain things to them. I mean, I was, I, I spent probably half an hour on the phone yesterday with a detective from the Los Angeles police department on, on the case that we're working on. And, you know, I kind of had to take this guy through the basics of, well, you know how, when you go into the dentist, you know, your insurance plan pays probably 80% of a lot of stuff and you pay the other 20. I mean, this was kind of the level of conversation. I was <laughs> um, you know, and it's not that he was stupid, but this is just a problem. He's yeah, they're not used to that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's, he said, you know, a month ago I was, I was working in identity theft and this is really my first embezzlement case. Wow. Um, wow. You know, well, we got, a, we got another question here. Let's put this up here. And it is, what if you don't suspect anyone, but you just don't want to become a victim? Do you have a service for that? And I think we, we kind of touched base on that. What if, what if, what if a, Doc is just like, hey, it's just kind of like I, I have the, the IT guy come and check everything and I have the equipment guy come check everything. I have my CPA look at some stuff. What if I just want to have you guys just take a look and just make sure? Is that something you do or is it normally like we, we, we have to have some suspicion? We, we, will, we will happily do that. You know, if somebody wants what I would think of, Glenn, as kind of a prophylactic investigation, we're, yeah. we're happy to do that. Um, the other thing I'll mention, though, is that we have a second service called Office Protection System. And what that involves is working with a doctor to help them perfect their systems. In other words, most embezzlement happens because there's a weakness in your systems. And I, but I'm using systems here in the broadest sense. So I'm not talking about uh, your practice management software only. I'm also talking about, you know, how you background check people before you hire them. And uh, what your procedure is when a patient makes a cash payment and security settings in your software. You know, it's a, it, it involves a lot of different things. 
Um, but we have a service where one of our more experienced team members will work with a doctor, understand what they're doing now and say, okay, well, you know, here's how you're exposed and this is what we can do about it. So I just got this other question here. This is going to be an interesting one for you, David. Um, this doctor has multi-locations and they have centralized services. So I, I'm assuming this doctor is a partner in a DSO. Yeah, it sounds uh, like And he wants to know if you could audit, like, would you be able to audit not just the practice? I'm talking about the whole entity. Yeah. Um, that's, that's just, that gives me a headache just thinking about that. We, we certainly can. And again, we, we can do a couple of different things. We can, we can do audit-based stuff where we're looking at transactions. Or we can work with that entity on how it delivers its services. And I, I mentioned office protection system. We actually have a DSO version of that. Okay. Where we look at centralized functions, you know, because if. Because they're doing all the billing for all yeah, these. Typically, and typically it's funneling you know, you cross area. Yeah. And someone could, I mean, that's a lot of money right there. Well, there's kind of an extra layer there, you know, so once you cross about five practices, typically people are starting to think about, you know, well, what can I pull out of individual practices and centralize because it's more efficient. So, you know, making recare phone calls, for example, is a, you know, is a great activity to take out of individual practices and have a, have a call center do. So yeah, we, we audit those functions. Um, and, you know, we, we're often called upon to look at, for example, you know, how information flows back and forth between individual practices and the, you know, the centralized groups and whether, you know, whether there's potential for something to happen there. So, yeah, I'd love, love to have a conversation with your, with your caller about, uh, or your, the person messaging there about, you know, what, what might be in, in play for them. I mean, it, it would just make sense. And again, each time there's an extra layer, I mean, it's, 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 it, it and it, it could be maybe, maybe then it just escalates. It's not from the office level. Now it's on the corporate level with someone who's dealing that, which is, I mean, that's a lot of money there. So um, that was that was a great question there. I have a question myself. And have you ever had a situation where you found multiple people embezzling, but they weren't working together? They just happened to just like this guy is just an easy mark. And now the bookkeeper was embezzling. The financial, like, has that ever happened where this some poor practice owner just got embezzled left and right? It sure has. Uh, oh, I mean, you know, we we do see some collusive fraud, and that's where you know two or maybe three people are working together. And I've also seen it's not common, but I've I've probably seen I don't know three or four instances in my career where there were two independent thefts going on. Wow. Um, you know, there was there was one case we saw too that was kind of funny because it was. It was a situation where um, two people were working together in the same office and no embezzlement was happening. And then they each got let go for different reasons and they were each working in a different office and they both started stealing. Wow. Um, so, you know, I, 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 I think the guy who fired them probably dodged a bullet or two there and just didn't, didn't perhaps realize his good fortune when he let them go. Yeah, and that know. was a ticking time bomb. Wow. So I just want to I just want to kind of lay out um, how prevalent office embezzlement is. And obviously, you're the expert uh, in the dental field. Can you just David, can you just talk about like how many how many clients do you normally have or how many cases you normally work with in a year? 
Yeah, we we typically have between 100 and 110 active investigations at any point in time. So those are open files we're working on right now. Wow. Um, you know, so it, it it comes out probably to six or 700 per year. Oh, uh, gosh. In, in a typical year. Um, but l- let's let's relate it back to sort of population numbers so that w- which I think the dentist will find it easier to relate to. Sure. Um, the good news, if you're a dentist is there's about a 20% chance that you'll go through your whole career and not be stolen from. That's the good news. Um, The bad news is uh, there's an 80% chance that you will. (laughs) Yeah. Um, The ADA has has done a couple of studies on this and there was, there was one that was published in 2019. So what the ADA did was went to about 17,000 dentists and said, have you been embezzled? And, you know, the first question was either, you know, the answers were either yes or I don't think so. Um, 53% of those surveyed said, I don't think so. And 47% said yes. Wow. Um, So, you know, that's that's catching dentists on average at the midpoint in their careers. So, you know, some of the 53% who said, as far as I know, I haven't been are going to get hit in the rest of their careers. But then they took the 47% who said yes and asked them how many times. And about half of that 47% said once, as far as I know. Um, and then the rest, you know, were stratified between twice, three times, and four or more times. Oh, my gosh. Um, 11% of the dentists surveyed. So this is about a quarter of the ones who said, yes, I've been embezzled, said four or more times. So one, one day, just for fun, I did a little frequency calculation where I took you know, the percent who said they'd been embezzled once times one and the percent who said they'd been embezzled twice times two and so on. And if you did that, you came out with per hundred dentists, 93 embezzlements had been identified. So it happens a lot. And sometimes it's little stuff. I mean, it's toilet paper from the restroom or something. Um, And sometimes, as we talked about early on, it's millions of dollars. Yeah. Gosh. Wow. And and some, yeah. And, and look, who knows, maybe the people that you've worked with, uh, you caught it before it got to millions of dollars. And I'm sure that when you looked at it and you saw the trend, you could see like, if I didn't intervene, I just helped this guy or this, uh, this, this, uh, this practice owner, I, I just saved them from being, like one of these statistics on the wall of shame where it could have been millions of dollars. I'm sure that you saw where it was trending like that. Well, in, in fairness, I didn't save them from that. They did. Yeah. Um, you know, they identified the need and called me. I mean, we don't, you know, we don't sort of just go and barge in any practice we feel like and say, I'm here to save you. Um, yeah. We get called by somebody and, it, you know, they were really the catalyst for, yeah. Um, as you say, capping this at a, you know, at, at kind of the nuisance level as opposed to the, the, the multi-million dollar level. Um, but, you know, we're, we're just kind of the, the, the tool in that. What we do try to do, though, and this conversation is a, is a great kind of vehicle for that, is we try to raise awareness. We try to make people understand how common this is and how destructive it is and, and you know, encourage them then if, if their spidey sense is tingling, not to sort of put it on ignore. Yeah. 
No, I love it. I love it. Well, uh, David, I mean, it's, uh, I mean, we can, I'm definitely going to have to bring you back here because there's so much that's, and I'm sure we're going to get more questions uh, later on when people start watching this, but, but David, I, I got you in the nifty group and I, I've been wanting to bring you in because obviously what you provide is so valuable, obviously with someone like Dr. Chris Phelps saying that he personally uses your company and how it's helped his practice. I mean, that's a huge endorsement right there. But again, you don't know what you don't know, right? And at the end of the day, it's, yeah, you might have that gut feeling, but a lot of times it's pe- it, it happens for people that you trust and you never know, right? So this is super important. And I feel like everyone in this group, right? In this group is trying to grow their practice, trying to do things the right way. They could benefit from your help and your guidance. So with that being said, I mean, you're in the nifty group and I'm always going to bring up a nifty deal. And what could you do to, to help out our members to, to get them, you know, obviously you got them aware and now they're probably wondering, okay, I'm aware and now I want to work with you. What can you do for our viewers and our group members? Well, we do a few things for them. First of all, we create an open door uh, for communication. So anybody who's, who's listening, who's a practice owner is, um, invited to call me or email me, you know, set up, a, set up a time and have a conversation at no cost. And, you know, I'm, I'm happy to hear about their practice and what concerns them, um, provide some assessment tools if that's needed. And ultimately if, if we need to jump in to, to do that. So, uh, completely open door for any of your group, first of all. I love that. Yeah. I mean, there you go. It does, does it cost anything to kind of reach out to you and, the, and talk to you about uh, their situation, their concerns? It, it costs you a little bit of time and, you know, whatever your phone company charges you. And uh, <laughs> after, well, actually, we usually do it by Zoom. So uh, not even. Anyway, uh, that, that's an open door. And, you know, I've got a, I've got a lot of people working with me, but some things I will not delegate. And, having a conversation with a concerned dentist is one of those things. So, um, you know, that, that door's open to, to all, uh, all of the nifty members. Um, the second thing is we, we do have some discounted pricing. Um, it, it's, uh, you know, there are probably other things that come out through Glenn's group that have a bigger discount. Our, ours is 5% across the board. Um, hey, for what you're going to be saving them, that's huge. So well, I'll tell you right there, like the information right here alone is huge. Uh, and then, of course, hopefully, let's, uh, you know, let's knock on wood here. Hopefully, uh, there's nothing that turns up in the investigation. But if there is, imagine the savings right there. Savings as in people not embezzling you anymore and putting a cap to that embezzlement. That's a huge savings there. That's part of it, Glenn. The other part is peace of mind. I, yeah. I have some great conversations with the doctors who t- treat sleep apnea because I say to them, you know, fundamentally we do the same thing, except that you have to mess around with oral appliances and sleep studies and stuff. You know, we just look at your books, we give you a report and it doesn't really matter what our report says. You're going to sleep better at the end. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. So we're, we're, we're really in the sleep business. <laughs> I love that. Those are guys, those are amazing nifty deals. Again, if you like what you're hearing, type in the comments section, David. But look, there's a the website. We put the crawler going on there. Uh reach out. I mean, it's a it's a it's a free co- phone conversation, right? Zoom call, right? You know, you're spending some time. I can tell you right now, if you got a lot of value from this short amount of time that David has been here, I can promise you 
that you're going to get as much, if not more value when you talk to him. Okay. And then of course the 5% discount, that's huge, David. Thank you so much for taking care of our group there, but let me go ahead and hide this here. And so again, uh, you can see the website there. We'll put it in the comments section there. Reach out to them. And David, uh, I-, I need to ask you for a favor right now. I, I want to ask you for everybody. Will you please come back and do this again for us? I would love to. I mean, because here's the thing. I mean, I can tell you right now, as people are jumping on and watching this, they're jumping on watching it at different times. They're probably going to go back and watch it again. They're probably going to have a whole bunch of questions. And we're definitely going to have to bring you back and get those questions answered and also get some more uh, amazing pearls that you've been sharing. So could you promise me that, David? I'm going to put you on the spot there. You can count on it. Uh, I love it. I love it. David, thank you so much for jumping on. For those who are watching, thanks for tuning in. And we'll see you guys next time. Thank you, Glenn. Well, there you have it, guys. That is the latest Nifty Thrifty deal. And if you're interested in this particular deal, visit our website, www.niftythriftydentist.com. If you're not part of our Facebook group, you need to join it, Nifty Thrifty Dentist. Join our group of over 17,000 dental professionals so that you can network and learn how to save money in your dental practice. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you guys next time.